Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It's great to have you back. We're on an off day. There's no practice today, but we don't have an off day, of course, at the Irish Bear Show. We're on every day this week. I'm joined by my man, Noel. Uh, Noel, how you doing? And we're also joined by the one and only Adam Jans. Thanks very much for joining the show, Adam. First and foremost, how's training camp been so far for you? The the past two days with, with pads on, it felt like real football. We were up close. We got to, to feel some of the the, the, the tense moments, the, the, the intense moments, the, 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 the personal moments between coaches and players. So it felt like real football for once. Pads were on. Tempers were flaring. It felt good. Yeah, this is it. And you haven't had football for so long. And the minute you get training camp for that first week, is like total overdrive. Everyone's overanalyzing absolutely everything that's happening. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't happen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a total meltdown. I love it, man. I love it. But anyway, uh, it should hopefully calm down now. Uh, you mentioned it though, Adam. The pads have come on. The defense, according to reports yesterday, are taking over. What's the cause and effect of putting the pads on and the defense taking over? And is the defense beginning to develop personality and a style that they didn't have last year? I felt like the defense was anxious to get going a bit. And they always say, coaches always tell you, I should say, that the the pads really help the offensive linemen. But over over two days, I, I want to say it's the defensive backs of all positions that it's really they're really asserting themselves in terms of physicality. They're taking some extra liberties. You know, they're they're throwing guys out of bounds. We saw that happen. Yesterday with Elijah Hicks throwing Travis Homer out of bounds, they're they're roughing up receivers quite a bit. They're not just swiping at footballs like they do, punching out footballs like they're taught, but they're getting some extra contact in there. So, yeah, I think you're starting to see some extra personality, some real personality come out with the defense. They want to be aggressive, and there's just a good, better vibe with the defense this year than as opposed to, to last year. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, you see the talent upgrades, you see the speed, you see the ball skills. But with Edmonds and Edwards and Demarcus Walker and the two young, you know, rookies at cornerback competing, you got the two young rookies in the defensive tackle. There's a whole different vibe of demeanor amongst the defensive players. Like they know they can be good. Does that make sense? Now, yeah. whether or not yeah. that comes to fruition when the games are real, we'll have to see. They are some young players, but they know there's talent there. And they're starting to assert themselves more in the offense. I'm sorry, Adam. When training camp started, it seemed to be a lot of hype about the offense were doing well and they were kind of getting the better of the defense. And then when the defense had this kind of good day yesterday, people seemed to get a bit worried then. Is it not a case that should we not just be happy that the defense, you know, there are players too and we want them to, to do well. So should we not be happy that, well, yes, someday, someday you're going to have an up and down day. Someday the defense will win the offense. But we want to see both of them doing well. As, as much as possible, because at the end of the day, that defense was, let's say it was substandard last year in a, a lot of categories. And, it, you you're, know, you're too nice. You're way too nice. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be polite, you know, but um, <laughs> I don't want to add to the hysteria that's kind of building out there on certain things. But uh, it's, it's just nice to, to see those guys kind of step up because, you know, they're Bears players too. I mean, we want them all to kind of get that confidence and get that swagger you're kind of talking about. Yeah. Yes. For as much as we obsess over, the offense and the quarterback position. I, I, I'm as guilty of it as anyone, fellas. The Bears haven't had a quarterback in my whole experience of covering the Bears and even growing up in Chicago. I mean, Jake Cutler 
brought stability to the position. Mitch Trubisky was good for one year, so like th- th- that's all we have. So we all obsess over that position, but let's not forget about what makes the Chicago Bears the Chicago Bears. It's the defense. It's, so to to see the tenacity come out, to see some of that swagger, that edge come out. I mean, they were talking a lot of trash yesterday, not only to the Bears' sideline, but to the Bears' coaches themselves. Like, you felt that. You saw that. You experienced that. I think it's a good thing. Let's not forget how bad they were last year. You put it very, very nicely. (laughs) They were awful. They were one of the league's worst defenses last year. It only got worse when they traded Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. So to see that type of energy come out from them yesterday, really the past couple days, I think it's a positive for sure. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think we've been missing for a while now. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say right now, huge fan of, of Hogan Jan's podcast. I've been listening to you guys for years. I've got a T-shirt and everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, But I've been <laughs> listening to you guys before we did a podcast. We, I've been listening to you guys for years, struggling through like 2017 and 2018 and stuff like that. And Oh man, it used to, and I, you know, it's the love of the team. It's the love of the team, but the quarterback situation has been pretty bad. What I think, though, we've got, and again, judging by what I've heard uh, from from practices, Chase, Chase Claypool's looking good. Uh, DJ Moore's looking good. Justin Fields is looking good. Could we be on the verge of having the best offense that we've had since the days of Martellus Bennett? And Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Is that is that where you think this is maybe trending or, or are we getting ahead of ourselves just now? You know, it's funny when you look at like the history of the Bears adding top wide receivers, like number one guys. Like Brandon Marshall, what year was that? 2012? Yeah. They went 10 and 6. Brandon Marshall set all sorts of records, helped Jay Cutler. That offense was better. It, it just was. Then you'll go back to 2018. Bears went 12 and four, right? I could, yeah. right? That's what they went. Yeah, 12 and four, right? Yeah. Allen Robinson, Pro Bowl season, or at least Pro Bowl like numbers. Mitch Trubisky, Pro Bowl alternate season for a quarterback that you know proved not to be the long term answer. But if you look at like the instantaneous results of adding high end receivers like DJ Moore, like Brandon Marshall like Allen Robinson, there is an instant impact on the production of that offense and what it happened, what happens with that team, like, well, as a team, like in terms of wins and losses, the success, it happens. And look, I, I just like the idea of pairing a young quarterback with a young up-and-coming receiver. It's not just like everything I just said. This is a trend that's worked out for Buffalo. It's a trend that's worked out for Philadelphia where you have these young quarterbacks who need help, and then you pair them with a young up-and-coming receiver, and they both take off, and the whole team benefits. So that's the best-case scenario here for the Bears, and I think history backs it up for a lot of good reasons. And sorry, Adam, you're talking about a young quarterback needing help, and I'm not going to go negative on this, but over the last couple of years, you know, I feel like every year going into the season, we're talking offensive line, there's instability and changes, and we don't know what's happening. This year felt like the first year where we felt like there was continuity and, you know, we knew our five and we were kind of happy and we weren't talking about it. Now the last couple of days, you know, Nate Davis hasn't really been there and Tevin Jenkins, who unfortunately has a couple of injuries in, in his history there, has left training early and 
now it feels like it's starting to kind of slip in as a conversation again. Is is this line solidified? You know, the guards are really important in a, a Getsy system. So, you know, with Tevin maybe injured and Nate not there, and how is that offensive line looking now? And do you feel that kind of trepidation's kind of sneaking in yeah. or is that just getting overblown because it's training camp and you know that's what happens probably no like like a mixture of, of both if we're, if we're being honest like if you're looking at the bears depth chart the roster on paper having lucas patrick and alex leatherwood as your backups it's not a bad thing everybody's trying to improve depth like that that is a seasoned veteran lucas patrick with a lot of starts and that's a former number one pick another a former first round pick in alex leatherwood it's a backup. Like that's that's good. But then when it's like day five, day six, day seven of training camp and they're out there with the starters and they're out there for multiple days, you're like, okay, like let's go here. Like Lucas Patrick is a good player. They like his energy. Um, it was fun to see him kind of twirl uh Khalil Herbert around like a like a helicopter when they scored a touchdown in the goal line live drill. But at the same time, you're like, okay, they signed Nate Davis to a big time contract. Like, they paid him to be their starting right guard. Where is he? And he missed some time in OTAs as well. So you're just sitting there wondering, like, what's going on now? You tell yourself it is only August 3rd. There's plenty of time to get this right. There's not – like, the first preseason game is two weeks away. So there, there's time here. But you're, you're wondering where they're at. And with Tevin Jenkins, there's a history there. So, like, on paper, you like the depth. I think you do. You have experience and talent there, but at the same time, when they're when your starters aren't, aren't out there, you're you're still kind of kind of worried. Yeah, because also we learned recently that Tevin Jenkins had taken to Pilates in a bit to try and strengthen certain areas, avoid injury, all that kind of stuff. I think that story was released the day before he was kind of <laughs> escorted yeah. off the field. You know, so it just goes to show like that guy has no luck sometimes, but. You know, you're right. I mean, the question is, is you know, where, where do you stand with, with Jenkins? Obviously, his third season, lots of injury concerns. The first year got a bit more playing time. The second year, you know, hopefully this doesn't turn into a thing. I mean, how concerned are you about that Jenkins in general at the moment? Because we had uh, Peggy Kaczynski on the show this time last year, and she mentioned at the time that, you know, she she thought the Bears were, were you know, looking at parting ways with him. And then, lo and behold, you know, he's still there. He's back in, in the guard position instead of tackle. Um, you know, obviously, you, you think that the Bears are invested in him. But how long can they hold out hoping that, you know, that injury thing goes away permanently? Yeah, this isn't like a knee or, or like, a, like a like a soft tissue injury or, or like a sprained wrist. This is a back yeah. for an offensive lineman. I think we're all... We all know the Chris Williams story, right? And how that played out for, for the Chicago Bears, right? This back, back, back issues for linemen are very problematic. There's so much that goes into, you know, the, the anchor, the strength that they need to withstand some of these defensive tackles and how strong and how big and how fast these defensive tackles are. When your back can't withstand that daily dose of just brute force, that's a problem. So this happened for Jenkins on a run play. I think it went to the left a little bit. I th there was a tangled mess, and then he immediately came off. You saw Alex Leatherwood run into the field, and you're like, oh, no. I saw Jenkins a little bit. He, he didn't look comfortable on the sideline and immediately you know, took off inside Hallis Hall with, with the training staff. It's never good. 
Never good this early, especially after you just heard what he's what he's doing to maintain his back, Tony. It's it's problematic. It's not a good thing, especially when it's your back. It's not an ankle. It's not even a torn ACL. I mean, guys come back from torn ACLs all the time, like back injuries, back problems. These linger. They don't go away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the Bears are obviously fairly quiet on things with Nate Davis and Tevin Jenkins. I take it there's no kind of stories floating about out there of what may or may not be the, the cause of, well, obviously we know with Jenkins, but of Davis, there's been kind of nothing floated out there why he's been missing or do we assume hopefully it'll just be something small and he should be back fairly quickly? Yeah, hopefully it's something small. Um, no, you know, if I had something, I, I'd put it out there right away because, again, this is a big – this was a big signing from the Bears. Like this is why Tevin Jenkins is at left guard because you signed a right guard to a big contract, and it, it's curious because this goes back to OTAs. I know he wasn't here for for different reasons back then, but you almost wonder if he was treating something. And th- this is all just speculation, but it's never a good sign when it, like you're not just not seeing him on the field. You're not seeing him like on the side of the field with his teammates. You're not seeing him like outside the weight room on one of the bikes. Cause you, you see Dante Pettis is, is an example. He's not practicing, he hasn't practiced at all, but you see him walking around. You see him out of practice as a spectator. You see him on the tread, not the treadmill, one of the exercise bikes or one of the climbing machines, which is a new one. You, you see him doing something physical. You see it with your own eyes. When you don't see these players at all. I think it's, it's something usually a bit more serious and something a little bit more in terms of length, like an injury that requires rest or, or something where they're not doing something physical. It's never a good sign when you don't see them in person out at the practice field. Sticking with the offense, uh, Adam, um, Darnell Mooney was interviewed the other day. I uh, was asked about the offense, offensive lack of juice. It seems since the pads have come on, you know, again, I, I'm a big proponent of not buying too much into everything you see at practice. Absolutely, there's some indicators there. But at the same time, I think, you know, that there's more to it there. But he said, when it comes to the juice, that it comes from the quarterback, firstly. Now, we know Justin Fields is quite a calm, you know, mild-mannered sort of chap. Very cool, collected. How much of what Mooney is saying is valid in terms of it coming from the quarterback? And shouldn't other players sort of take it on themselves to be motivated and bring that just why you know you're a professional footballer you know is that not is not not part of your job yeah yeah i think some of the things that mooney said were maybe overblown or i don't know maybe just not complete because if if you if you heard him out like he kept saying you know fields does do this and maybe we need to you know and, and the flip side maybe fields needs to do a little bit more of it i think he acknowledged some of that just because he's a like you said tony he's cool calm collected very even keeled out there maybe you need a little bit more out of that but to see him get fired up a little bit yesterday to to see or to hear him say that he told the offense that they want the they need the same juice same type of juice that the defense was bringing like i i thought that was strong i thought that was a different side of fields Maybe the leadership side that's evolving here where he he's demanding it now out of his teammates, where he's being more assertive amongst his teammates. And you know what? Like some coaches will tell you sometimes you need like different energy guys, different plays here or there. You know, maybe you need your offensive line to, to really assert itself to open up a hole where 
you have a big run. But it was the defense yesterday that was filling those holes, preventing those linemen from reaching the second level. It was the secondary really asserting itself and making their make, making themselves heard, whether it was with some physical contact or with all the, the trash talk that came after it. Like it was the defense that was taking that they, they, they had all the juice, Tony, that I should say. Yeah. And Fields felt that. Luke Getze felt that. So I know your point, like you want to hear that from the quarterback or you want to hear that leadership come through from the quarterback. I think you just heard it differently from Fields where I'm going to demand it from all of you guys to take this over. So it's kind of how you want to see it, but it was just one practice. And like you said, I think when you preface the question, it's just one day. Let's see what they do tomorrow on Friday. I'm sorry, just just a quick thing on the wide receivers, as you mentioned there. How I mean, this is a, a group that came in with great excitement this year. You know, we brought in DJ Moore. He obviously looks a great player. But in terms of Mooney and Claypool, this is a really, really big year for both of those guys now. Obviously, both up for contracts. Mooney coming back from an injury. Claypool came in late last year and obviously didn't hit the ground running, which is understandable given everything going on. But obviously, it's a big year for both of them now. So how has Mooney looked coming back from that injury? And how has Claypool looked given, you know, there'll be pressure there that he turned out to have been traded for the 32nd pick. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, people will bring that up. And just in general, how are those two guys kind of doing so far in this training camp? Well, let's start with uh, Mooney, because I thought he had a slow start to camp. Overthrown passes his way. He just seemed not on the same page, Noel, as well as, as Justin Fields. It just wasn't there. The past couple days? It's on, especially on one-on-one drills. It's on. That connection, the smooth route running that leads to to that connection, it's there. It's coming back. We know he loves, or Justin Fields loves Darnell Mooney. I think that's coming back. So I'm not worried about that. It was just a matter of his his fitness, the way he feels physically, you know, coming back from that injury last year. When would that take shape? When will he feel close to 100%? I think you're starting to see that come to fruition on the football field. I think the connection with Chase Claypool is one of the best things going right now in camp. I think DJ Moore, and rightfully so, takes a lot of the the headlines away. I mean, DJ Moore will take a quick five-yard slant and take it to the house. Like, that is real. No one else on the Bears roster is doing that. It's the separation. It's the speed. It's the acceleration. That is That is exciting. The Bears, like Allen Robinson couldn't do that. DJ Moore can. So that's exciting. That rightfully takes a lot of headlines away. But the connection that Fields has kind of blossoming with Claypool, that's real. You could see it. It's a different type of receiver than DJ Moore. And all of the early returns, five, six, seven days into camp, are positive with how that relationship is developing on the field. If uh, if Bears Twitter were to be believed, Adam, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I can never start that that with that sentence uh, with my point, and it'll, no one, everyone laughs. That happens everything. But if Bears Twitter were to be believed, um, we're only a pass rusher away from being that. That's our only weak point in the team at the moment. And you know, if that if that if that's the case, then surely we're going to the Super Bowl once we sign whoever. But anyway. <laughs> Pass rusher, I wanted to ask you about this because obviously it's been the question on the lips of Bears fans for you know a couple of months now. Free agency came and gone. The you know really strengthened the interior defensive line. Um, obviously in the draft they did the same thing as well. Um, 
you know, I think doing that was huge. Uh, could help the guys that are there at the edge already. But do you think that the Bears are going to maybe pick someone up before the start of the season? Or do you think they're happy with what they've got? And is it a case of not being able to find someone? So the question is, are the Bears playing hard to get with these guys? Or are good pass rushers just hard to get? I feel like it's a it's a mixture of, of both. Because there's a few, well, notable players out there. Is, is there not? And I think a lot of teams might be playing a bit hard to get. It's all about leverage, right? It's all about that that number in in like what you think that player's value is and what you could get them on. The later it gets in training camp, the more it favors the team. Now, all it takes is one or two injuries to change that, and the market completely shifts in a favor of a player. But right now, at least with the, if you look at the Bears, they like their young players. They like Dominique Robinson, who had a great game, a great game, great practice yesterday. They love Demarcus Walker. Now I know he hasn't practiced a lot, but just in terms of setting a tone, bringing an edge, like Walker has has some fire. Kevin Fishbane's working on a story on that. Check that out on the Athletic later. There's a plug for you. Um, but like he, he brings a tenacity that I think was missing from this. <laughs> from this defense, you know, that, that lacked a lot of things last year. So I, I think Ryan Poles, of like if there's one thing that I've learned about him, he trusts what he's doing. He trusts his numbers, and he's willing to play this thing out. Like if he wants to get aggressive, we know he can. We saw that play out with the trade for the first two overall pick. He wanted to get rid of it before free agency, so he knew what his books would be. But it, when it comes to like free agent contracts, he's willing to trust his own numbers. And if things don't come to fruition, I mean, he'll move on from a Roquan Smith if they don't see eye to eye. So if you're a pass rusher who's looking for a team, and there's again, there's some good some good names out there. I think you have to meet Ryan Poles at his table and his number before before anything. I'm just talking about pass rushers. Uh, Travis Gibson is an interesting one to me. Obviously, a couple of seasons ago, he had a, a seven-sack season, which was great, which meant there was, there was a kind of a lot of pressure last season and there was a lot expected of him. Now, in fairness, maybe that was a little unfair given that suddenly, as you say, Roquan Smith went and Quinn went and Mack went early. So maybe it was a lot to expect him to reproduce that when the defense had been so, you know, gooded. So how has he looked so far? And do you think maybe there's a possibility with, with kind of better players there now that he might be able to maybe step up and, you know, who knows, maybe not reach massive, massive heights, but be a productive pass rusher again and get after the quarterback? Do you know who we're not talking enough about? It's Rasheem Green, who played with the Seahawks, I think, last year. He's the one actually playing with the starters. He's the one playing opposite to Marcus Walker when he's healthy. He's the one who's not coming off the field when Dominic Robinson comes on. Like yesterday in practice, it was Robinson and Rasheem Green as the starter. So I think, like I get your question, and he, he actually had uh, a nice sack yesterday. He actually went kind of inside out. Like like he, he made Braxton Jones look pretty bad for, for a sack yesterday. But again, this this is part of the conversation. Or the, the Bears like what they have. It's not a lot of big names. It's not a lot of like I, I, I like I get it, but in terms of early returns against Darnell Wright and Braxton Jones, the Bears like what they have in terms of their pass rushers. Um, and Rasheem Green is, is one player I think 
we need, we need to start talking more about because he's the one actually playing with the starters more than even more than Travis Gibson, even more than Dominic Robinson. He's out there. He's been out there since the start of training camp with the starters. Like he's your starting defensive tackle or defensive end opposite Demarcus Walker. If this was week one, like that's how it's played out thus far in training camp. Yeah, it's interesting as well because everybody, I think everyone feels like you have to make that sort of big marquee splash sort of signing of a player as opposed to sort of developing the the guy that you have there already. And I think, you know, we maybe have to be a bit fairer in giving this, def- this defensive coaching staff a chance to, to make the guys that they've got there better already, especially when you look at, as I said already, the improvements that are made to the interior and the knock-on effect that's going to have to the, the pass rush. When we looked at the improvements at defensive back, um, you know, the coverage hopefully will be slightly better. We've got linebackers that can drop into coverage a lot better as well. Uh, I'm thinking Tremaine Edmonds is just like you know, trying to throw over that guy and is going to be a lot more difficult than before. You're, you're going to be like, I think, like a Brian Urlacher sort of interceptions in the middle of the field, hopefully. But I think the improvements to the rest of the defense are actually going to help the guys that are there already. Have you seen much of that in terms of what you've seen in practice, the cause and effect of those guys having the knock-on effect to the other guys? Edmonds is a problem. He is tall. He is <laughs> long. He is extremely athletic, and he just covers so much ground with that athleticism. Like he fits that Brian Urlacher mode. And, and I know listeners are going to roll their eyes at this, but just in terms of their physical makeup, he is what Matt Eberflus wants in the middle of that defense. And Justin Fields notices it. Luke Getze notices it where there's certain plays down the seam that they want to try to hit, but they can't see the receiver over Tremaine Edmonds. And that has a ripple effect that helps TJ Edwards, who has had an outstanding camp as well. That helps your safeties. Eddie Jackson, who's had a good camp. Jaquan Brisker, who's having an outstanding camp. That secondary could be a real strength. I know they're young. There's going to be growing pains still, even for the second year guys, but the talent, the ball skills, the range, it's all there. The speed, it's all there in the second there. You could see it. Mm-hmm. You could really see it. Um, so you see the ripple effect. And, yeah, like Alan Williams will tell you it's, it still starts up front, right, even though their their back seven is a strength. But I think once Jervon Dexter, Zach Pickens, and like Andrew Billings, that's a good signing too, by the way. Like once these guys really get going, especially the two young rookies, like you can see some inside out presence with that defensive line. And, and, you know, maybe Demarcus Walker brings you five, six sacks and you'll take that. It's not a big money signing, but he's a player who I think brings a lot just in terms of demeanor being a tone setter. Like you could see it, you could feel it right away. And, you know, let's not forget too. you, you like mentioned the coaching, like there's a point in time last season, like week five, week six, week seven, where the bears statistically were like top 10, in a lot of defensive categories. Then you saw injuries take over. They traded Robert Quinn. They traded Roquan Smith. And things really went off the rails, right? They, they really, really fell off. But there was a point early on in the season, and I remember writing this, where they were top 10 in a lot of different categories, statistically, defensively. That didn't c- continue the whole way through, but the coaching is there. They just need talent. You know, like yeah. a lot of coaches will tell you, it's not the X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. And, and the players... Just in terms of talent, speed, all that stuff, 
you know, th- there's been upgrades made defensively across the board. Adam, I know we've only got you for another wee minute here, so I just wanted to ask you one question. It was something I noticed on Twitter earlier on. Someone had posted um, a, a stat earlier detailing the, the number of analytical staffers that have been assigned to each NFL team across the league. Um, currently, the Bears have just three staff members on the analytics team. Uh, there's some teams with nine, ten. There's a team with one. The the Bucks, I think it was, had one. Poles, when he eventually when he first came to the team, said that he was going to really look into the analytics as- aspect of things, invest a bit more there. Um, are, are you surprised that you know they've only got a, a kind of small staff number there? Um, do, do you think that was going to be a bigger aspect of you know? Could we talk about the coaching and how that's improving? Yeah. The, the players and, and everything else, but the analytics aspects of it as well. Did you think that was going to be more, or is that just taking time to grow in itself? But, you know, I, I think it's different for every team. I know the Bears value. I know Matt Eberflus values it a, t- a ton. Like his analytics team talks to him during the game. It's not like he's they're excommunicated come come Sunday. No, they they're they actually they're an invaluable resource come game day. You know, I also think like the Bears scouting staff with like Jeff King leading the way. And, you know, of course you have Ian Cunningham. Like to me, the, the way the bears have, have built Trey Cozio, they, they've built their front office differently where you have different layers. And part of that is like, it, this goes into play just in terms of, of analytics. It goes into how they scout as well. And maybe they don't have that type of title, you know, director of lead analytics or whatever they have you, but some of their scouting staff really values those resources and actually have some some background and expertise in that as well. They incorporate that in terms of what 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 they do, whether it's pro scouting or college scouting. So I know like they only have three and some teams have nine and, and some teams have, have one, but just in terms of where the Bears are at scouting wise and especially Matt Eberflus, it's there. It's an influence in a lot of different decisions they make. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll, we'll see that sort of develop as uh, as time goes on. But listen, Adam, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show, uh, your uh, first time on the show, so really, really appreciate that. Um, Adam, obviously you're doing the stuff with The Athletic, you're with uh, Hogan Jan's uh, podcast as well. Uh, you get anything else going on? Any any new articles coming up you want to let, let the guys know about? No, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get to talk about, about Ireland a little bit here. I've been All there right. a few times, fellas. Well, I was going to come on to that. Because I remember you saying that you'd been over a few times to, from listening to previous episodes. But when was the last time you were over? So my wife's family, um, they're Stantons in America, I guess. it's But they're Stantons. They would go by Stanton there in, in Ireland. Um, we went over about 60 of us from Chicago two years, uh, two years ago. Went over there for a big family reunion. Um, we, we stayed in Westport. So that, that side of the country we flew in the Shannon. We drove up that side of the coast, eventually ended our, our eight day stay in Dublin and what, what have you. But yeah, I've been over there a few times. Um, I mean, I grew up with, with friends of, with the last name of, of Brazen Gallagher, Connell, um, he, her, I think it gets pronounced her like, um, you know, those O'Connor, you know, Kelly, like those are the names like, you know, Maloney, you know, Fallen. Those are the names that 
I grew up with uh, around here. I, I spent three weeks in Donegal as a, like a 14 year old with friends with the Gallagher family. So up there in Bunkrana. Nice. So I've, I've spent many, a, many a day, but I've, I've been to Ireland a couple of times and I, I absolutely love the country. Any more plans to head over or you kind of see what happens? Hopefully. You know, the college games over here now, you know, that, that are happening. Maybe you can I make know. your way over for one of those. We need grandma to take the whole Johns family over there soon. It's been discussed uh, a little bit, but these kids are getting older, more things on their own sports schedule. But uh, I would love to actually get back within a, a year or two. Let's make it happen, man. Next time you're coming over, give us a shout. I don't live in Ireland, incidentally. I live in Scotland. <laughs> so, but I'll make my way over as well, so that'll be fine. Yeah, the Irish on. slash Scottish bear show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. E- e- ethnically Irish, so we'll go with that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but listen, um, again, thanks very much for, for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll hopefully get you on at some point, maybe during the season, see how things are. Um, but again... Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, fellas. Be in touch. See you guys. Cheers, Take Bye-bye. care. All right. No. So that was uh, Adam Johns on the show for the first time. Uh, very exciting indeed. Um, anything he uh, he kind of put a point across there that, that sort of stood out to you about kind of anything that's going on with the team, especially training camp wise. Um, interesting to see that he he feels the Bears may be happy at the moment with what they've got a pass rush there at defensive end. That Green seems to be having a, a kind of a, a good camp and, and seems to be putting his, putting himself forward there for that kind of first team. So, yeah, I think that's interesting enough because I think there's still, I mean, obviously it's a team in transition and still being built and there's a lot of question marks, but defensive end seems to have the biggest question marks at the moment. So if that ended up being the case, if they were happy with what they had there and maybe those guys worked out, you know, remember Akeem Hicks came in and, probably hadn't been expected too much or whatever and turns into who he yeah. turns into. So maybe one of these guys they brought in can can kind of step up. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, other than that, nice. Well, obviously you mentioned that the, the defense are, are chirping a bit and kind of uh, strutting around a bit, which is good to hear because obviously they they were so bad last year that it's, it's, it's really important for those guys to have a bounce back here if we want this team to kind of keep going the way, the way it's going. Um, but yeah, like obviously the training camp, there's, there's obviously stories like here, there and everywhere. But the, the few things that he mentioned there were kind of caught my eye. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's much of the same at this point in the time. We mentioned at the time we were talking, like you get excited for the first few days of training camp. And then after a few days, there's only so much new things that people can tell you, you know. So for me, I've got to that point where, okay, it's training. There's a training session happening. Think you know, people are going to look good. People are going to look bad. You know, one of the things that really gets to me though is the, you know, Justin Fields had two interceptions today and he had one interception the day before, and it's like, well, yeah, but our defense—that means our defense are good as well. This isn't all just about the offense and the offense looking good. We want the defense to improve. How bad was the defense last year? We need to see the you know the interceptions happen a lot more, especially from defensive backs. Um, we, you know, this is I mentioned it earlier on, it's steel sharper than steel. You know, that that's the big thing for me. Um, and certainly from, from what he was saying, that we were getting a lot of kind of um sniping each other from, in terms of the, the players and the coaches and opposite sides of the ball. And really that's what you want. You need that competition, you need to be able to have a bit of a swagger and attitude about each other. And it's not just a case of 
you know, laying back, it's Justin Fields, our quarterback's got to look good. No, a cornerback's got to look good as well. Our safety's yeah, got absolutely. To look good. Everyone has to. That's the whole point. They're all Chicago Bears at the end of the day. And, you know, everyone can improve from last year and everyone needs to improve from last year. So you just, yeah. you got to take the good moments. And on the bad moments, look, it's training camp. It's called training camp for a reason. This is where you make mistakes. And this is where you, you, you figure those mistakes out and you fix them going forward. And that's exactly. the whole point. And it? it's, I mean, I think you you miss kind of this kind of interaction with, with football for so long that it can be kind of it can feel more hyped up than it than it should be. It, it's yeah. you know what I mean. Just let the guys get on with it. They'll make mistakes. They'll make good plays. You know, it's, it's nice to see it there, but there's no need to get overly high or overly low. It's mm-hmm. it's part of the process. This is what it is. And look, soon enough we'll have football, and then week one against Green Bay, then we can start giving out if they they start messing it up. But you know, you, know you just I need mean, to let them get I'm there. I'm happy to start giving out in, in the first preseason game, man. That's like, <laughs> that, I'm, I'm all about that. Like that, that's what it starts for you. I know it's only preseason, right? And there's nothing writing on it. And people are sort of, you know, certainly the starters are not really going to get a lot of game time, you would imagine. Um, certainly for the first game, anyway. But even still, there's a lot of depth guys there fighting for positions. You've, you've got to start showing out and. And and going full full pelt at that point, you know. Otherwise, what's what's the point? So I'm sort of looking forward to to that aspect of it. And talking of football games, though, we've got a football game tonight. Uh, we've got we've got the the New York Jets and the, the oh, Cleveland yes, Browns yes. Uh, tonight. Uh, well, I say tonight. It'll be one o'clock in the morning for us over here. I think it's one, some like that, some stupid o'clock. Anyway, um, are you look? Are you going to watch it for the start? Or are you are you not that first? <laughs> I don't know if I can, to be honest. I had the uh, the NFL Game Pass package, and it's moved to a new streaming provider, and they've gone yeah. and fucked up the platform. I won't put any names out there. None of you should have done. But anyway, the new streaming platform isn't uh, – there's an issue with the account they set up for me. So I don't have it at the moment. So I'm, I'm not sure what way it'll work out. But, uh, I'll, you know, I'll see. I'm sure Sky will probably be showing it, won't they? So, yeah, I'll, I'll get it on Sky anyway. So – Aye, I, I know it's the thing with the with the new provider again. We won't mention any names. Um, <laughs> it's not ideal. But I actually had a monthly payment set up to them before, and because it's switched over to this new provider, they've just taken the whole year's payment in one go. Yeah, see, the so, problem for me is I had like you, I had the monthly, but I didn't, I didn't mind that. But um, because they moved all their user accounts to the new provider, hmm. I tried to log in, and it told me, "Oh no, you're not. You, you're in the wrong country. You can't log in from that country." took me hours trying to get through to them where they said, oh, your account was set up in the UK. I said, well, no, I'm in Ireland. Oh, well, it was accidentally put in as the UK. And I was like, oh, can you change it? No. Well, what can I do? Uh, you can cancel well. it or you can, you can use a VPN. Oh, great, thanks. But I think if I cancel it and sign up again, it's going to cost me more because I think existing members are paying less. I think you have to pay more, so I don't know. I'll have yeah. to work it all out. I haven't really. I've put it on the back burner, so we'll. It's getting close to the time where I need to get it sorted now. Well, no worries. But anyway, anyway, time for uh, for a wee shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Yes, it is. No, I'll uh, yeah, you, uh, obviously, as the guys know, we are we are delighted to be sponsored by Manscaped on the show. We appreciate you know the support they've given us. Obviously, they provided each of us with a performance package 4.0 as part of the sponsorship, which has been pretty good. Came in very handy for me on holiday because it was hot in Morocco, as as the guys, I think you may have mentioned once or twice on the show when I was listening. But um, we, as I say, the performance package 4.0 has arrived and it's, you know, it is top class. Inside this package, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. 
the weed whacker era, nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, who doesn't need one of those, Tony, the crop reviver toner, and performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for all these goodies. First off, you've got the lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and may well be one of the best ball trimmers out there, you know, but people should go and try that out just to find out for themselves. Uh, this fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and has a 4000 LED spotlight should you need more precise shave, which again is always a good thing. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. But if you thought that was good, you want to take your grooming game to even further to the next level. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which I think is a godsend. We'll say no more about that. I just think that thing is pretty good. Uh, the Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. And trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will absolutely thank you for it. And Manscaped even threw in two free gifts in their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. So that's just, you know, obviously, as we're saying, we, we got it in here. We, we were able to try it ourselves, and it is really good. And, guys, it's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code IRISHBEARS. So that's manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping with the code IRISHBEARS. So there you go. There you have it, gang. Shave your balls, rub some stuff on them, and life will be happier. So anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so here. I tried my, tried my junk area up like it was going into the Marines the next day. So there you go. <laughs> You know, like, is that a buzz cut? You know, I don't like the noise of that buzz so close to the junk. But anyway, no, that, would, that, that, that can get you a bit nervous, all right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're obviously going to have football, as I say, starting back tonight, which is great. Uh, whether or not I watch Karen and his pals, uh, I'll decide later on. But um, it's just exciting to have football back this month. You know, we're going to have football this month. We're then not going to have, we're going to be a football every month until February, um, which is going to be great. Uh, what are you most looking forward to seeing in preseason? Obviously, given the fact that the starters might not play that much, maybe they will. I don't know what the plan is, but what are you most looking forward to seeing in terms of the transition from the 2022 Bears to the 2023 Bears in preseason? Uh, to be honest, I want to see how this offense continues to kind of go. We've PJ Walker in there now, who thankfully is a more similar quarterback to Justin Fields. I never understood this. You know, your quarterback is a dynamic, athletic quarterback who can run or throw, and your backup is this statue that stands there and gets killed. <laughs> what? I, I never got that. So for me, I just, I, as you say, there won't all the starters won't be out there. But I do want to see like a, a PJ Walker, athletic type quarterback with this Getsy system into its second season now. So hopefully a lot of the players there are going to be familiar with it because I'm, I'm expecting some exciting football from the Bears this year on offense. So I'm kind of looking to see how that develops. And, and look, we want to see what kind of guys can can get through. Someone like Valus Jones, I find really, really interesting. Um, Obviously his place may be a bit threatened now. You know, we have a new speedster in there who, who maybe will go above him. So I want to see if Bellis Jones can maybe step up and, and do something. Uh, any other players? I mean, 
want to see if Roshan Johnson gets a few runs in there because obviously the whole running back room is going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Will there be a number one? Will it be running back by committee? You know, are they going to mix it between the three of them? So will Roshan Johnson maybe get a bit of playing time in preseason? Because obviously he's a, a player who has been credited with being really good blocker, which is very important for us to have there. But he needs to, he hasn't played an NFL game before. And, you know, he's obviously had a few injuries. He hasn't been in pads there at the moment. So it'd be important for him maybe to get out there to, to get working on that. So seeing him out there as well. But in general, I just want to, I just want to see football, Tony, to be honest. I just want to see football. And uh, once I get that, I'll be happy. Yeah. What about yourself? Anyway, what are you looking for? Do you know what? I just want to see, I just, I just like, there's been a lot of chat about Claypool. And, I, I, and and what he's doing in his off-season and whether he's going to be this or he's going to be good, he's going to be bad or whatever. I just want to see guys like that have a chip on their shoulder, even in pre-season, and come out and totally ball out. Uh, that that That's my, my kind of main thing. I'd love to see both lines looking a lot better than they have done in the past. Um, but the main thing I want to see, though, is zero injuries to anybody <laughs> that's oh, that's the that's the main the main thing for me if we can well, get at least there's one less game now for it to happen anyway well this is it this is it you know and and really the the, the three games in preseason should be for the sort of depth guys the guys on the the um edge of the roster um who are, are fighting for spots and and seeing what you've got in those guys for later down the line um so yeah that that's the big thing for me i think but don't get me wrong, I'll be over the moon when the Bears came out uh, in that first game and Justin Fields and DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney are, are playing and they do four plays and then they go off the field. And those four plays will be really boring handoff running plays, but it'll be exciting <laughs> at least to see the guys with the names in the back of their shirt and all that kind of stuff actually on the field because it's been in the making now for so yes. long. We're now four months, five months nearly removed from uh free agency you know and and, and yeah. it's taken that long to get to that point so i'm just really pumped to to just see these guys on the field wearing a bears jersey um and thinking Absolutely. ahead to that first first week in green bay man and speaking of green bay i cannot wait for that game man there's so much shit talking on just now and i don't tend to pay attention to it i never respond to them because i i just don't see the point they're not worth it however it still fills a lot of the timeline. So I really want us to reply on the field uh, and, and smack them in the mouth, man. That, that's where I'm at at this point in time. The whole okay. NFL, uh, NFC North feels a bit chippy now because the Lions seem to be coming for us and the, the Packers are the Packers. And yeah. I don't know, it's just going to be interesting now. I mean, to get one over on them will just make it sweet. I mean, I have I have receipts there. I'm remembering who's been tweeting what and I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. But just another quick thing, just a, a comment from Biggs here. I also want to see Tyler Scott, but when I was yep. talking there about Valley Jones, I completely blanked on Scott's name, and I thought I better just not mention him because I can't think of the name. But yes, absolutely want to see what he can do out there as well. He looks like he is going to be an exciting player. Yeah, exactly, man. Like there, there's a lot of a lot of uh, hope in this team at the moment, and that's uh, that's what you want. But sometimes it's the hope that kills you as well, though. So hopefully that's not the case come uh, come mid season when we're where we're doing okay, but. Well, listen, we've got some more shows coming up uh, this week. I'm just checking our uh, roster, or sorry, our rotor just now. So uh, tomorrow we have a live show with Clay Harbour uh, at 4 p.m. Central Time, I believe. 
then over the weekend, we've got Mark Potash on Saturday. And I think we've got Mason West on Sunday. Um, that's that's what I think's going on anyway. So make sure you're right. with us on the Irish Bear Show. As I say, we've been on pretty much every day for the last God knows how many days. We've had some excellent guests. We've been joined by Lester Wilthong, Pat Fen- Finlay, Alex Shapiro, obviously Adam uh, Jans tonight, which has been phenomenal. Uh, we're really privileged to be able to get all of these um, excellent guests on the show. Um, and yeah, as I say, if there's anybody that you guys would like to see us try to go on, uh, and we always do try to get people on, uh, then you know, send us a message, shoot us a comment on on Twitter or whatever. And uh, it's still called Twitter, isn't it? It's not called X. No, it's X? called X. Is it called It'll X? always be Twitter. It'll always it's be Twitter. Twitter. I don't understand. The X people? I don't know. Is that a thing? That sounds terrible. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, but you stick with us anyway at the Irish Bear Show, as I say. Um, make sure you follow all the guys uh, on the show as well for um, up-to-date sort of news. Follow the show. Please like the video uh, as well. Uh, please subscribe. Um, the more people subscribe and the more people like the video, the more that the uh, show will be shared wider to people who have maybe not seen it before. Um, and uh, and hopefully we can get our uh, opinions out on uh, to other folk as well. Whether they want to hear them or not, we're going to be shouting through the screen uh, from now until February. And then we'll take a break for maybe two days and start again. But anyway, Noel, any plans for the rest of the week? Are you going to be on the shows over the next couple of days? No, I'm not. It's actually my sixth wedding anniversary tomorrow, so we're off for a few days tomorrow to uh, chill and relax and 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 enjoy that. So no, I think I won't be on a show for at least another week now. Anyway, well, well, you'll be missed anyway, man. It's not the same without you. Oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Tony? Uh, no, uh, no, no, no major plans. My gar- garden needs done, so that's uh, that's my plan for the next few days. So, good man, it needs to stop raining for five minutes, though. It's been raining consistently for about four weeks in Scotland. I don't know if it's the same uh, in yes, Ireland, no, but absolutely, it's, it's just absolutely. constant. Man. It's ridiculous, like, hasn't stopped July, August, Jesus, anyway. <laughs> I need to move to a warmer climate. Right, guys. Uh, again, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, make sure to share this video with all your friends. Uh, and until next time, bear down. Bear down. <laughs>